Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. You're listening to the Tamargano Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Today's show, Doomsday Clock. That's right. Also, fertility. Why Israel will outlive all of Europe. That's what our guest says. Also, real Arabs versus the invented people and the crime in Sweden, which has become both horrendous and endemic, and also NATO fighting versus budgets. What's going to happen there? And I'm assuming that's with the Ukraine uh, is involved in that. And I want to welcome our guest, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 90 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideastern world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. Tick, 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 doomsday clock. <laughs> Where would you like uh, to start? For those people who don't know what the, what the doomsday clock is, it's a, um, a, a theoretical clock that invented by a group of physicists in, I think it was 1948 or something like that. I don't remember. The, 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 the latter half of the 1940s, whatever it was, they, these included Albert Einstein. So I mean, we're not talking about trivial people. Um, um, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree with them, but but nonetheless, these are intelligent people, and um, uh, and this this clock is something that they, they the this this group of scientists, obviously not the same scientists, but the same group of scientists, have maintained since then, um, and they're looking now at uh, Russians' invasion of Ukraine, which surprised many fools around the world because anyone who wasn't a fool knew that it was coming. Uh, there was a strong likelihood. Russia would move into the country, as we have seen. Our geopolitical tensions continued in stressful times. Add to that uh, the, the latest bombing in Iran that, uh, that uh, uh, defense factory. Uh, the U.S. general war- warns of war with China. Unrest has pushed the, dimzo- the, the, the symbolic doomsday clock to within 90 seconds of midnight, the pr- proverbial midnight. That's the closest it's ever been. Um, in other words... These scientists believe that uh, the world is closer to catastrophe than it has ever been before in the past, even worse times than the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, my personal opinion, I, I believe they're right that we're closer to catastrophe than we ever have been. I don't think we're that anywhere near that close, but okay. I'm that's, so that's glad it. I woke up this morning. What a glorious day. <laughs> Okay. Strange keep events, going. strange events are going on all around the world. We're seeing 50% of employers across the United States expect to lay off workers within the coming weeks, weeks, not months. 20 million American households are behind on their utility bills. That's not even to mention what's happening in Europe and, 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 the, and the UK. $13.5 trillion in American wealth has evaporated. Stocks and real estate prices continue to fall while food prices continue to rise. Remember, when, when people talk about the, the, the 
uh, consumer price index, the so-called CPI, the rate of inflation has been slowing, but inflation continues to um, uh, uh, to go. In other words, prices continue to rise. They're just rising at a slower rate than they were, say, um, uh, six months ago. Um, and if um, we don't see any sort of shock in the um, uh, global oil market, I would I would guess as as the matter as the matter pardon me as the federal government is guessing that we will continue to see a slowing of this rate of uh, uh, rising prices slowing of the rate not that doesn't mean the price will will drop it means the the rate of rise will slow um, I think an oil shock is coming but. And if it does, then all of these calculations are thrown out into the garbage. Is it is it better for Americans than to uh, be an expatriate? Is that how you say it? Expatriate means an American that lives abroad. That's right. Is it is it is it? it would it be wise for Americans to sell and get out of town? You know. Well, and that depends. On, it's very difficult to give a general answer. To that if an American has. A, is living on a steady income, let's say a, a, a pensioner, and that income is in dollars, and he can transfer that income to some other country. In other words, he can continue to receive that income, though he's no longer resident in the United States. Not all pensions allow that. Then, yes, it could, be, it could very well be better. In other words, if a person is, say, 60 years old and is already living on, on, a, on a pension, is already retired, um, uh, um, and he can transfer that pension, let's say he's a Jewish, and he wants to transfer that pension to Israel, he will live much better here, regardless of the question of whether Jews should go on Aliyah. I'm talking about financial only. He will live much better here or in New Zealand or in whatever, in, in most of the, of the country than he will in the United States. Yes. But again, that's a very guarded answer because there are a lot of Factors. In what I just yeah, said. I hear you. But it should be maybe something for some people to think about, especially if you're Jewish, with the anti-Semitism that we're seeing there and how it's becoming mainstreamed, how how Kanye West can talk about the Jews as second-class citizens that he'd let them work for it for him, but you know he wouldn't let them take any you know regular top jobs. This is like apartheid for Jews. There's no future anymore for the Jewish people in the United States of America. That's my opinion. You can agree, you can disagree. I would urge all of our brothers and sisters to start thinking about packing up and coming home. What? Sorry? I'm sorry. There's a fascinating article, I think, yesterday or the day before, by a leading European uh, journalist that claimed that um, the last Jew will leave Europe by the year 2048. I think he's wrong. I think it'll happen much faster than that. But that was, but that's an opinion that would match with yours. It's not just the United States; it's the United States and Europe. Um, and it, 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 I think that is unlike the rate of accelerate uh, of acceleration of inflation. That rate is accelerating very quickly. The yeah, rise and, and, in anti-Semitism it, it, and, and 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 not just hatred, but actual. Apartheid of Jews is rising in many, many places across the world. This includes 
almost all of Europe and the United States, and of course in Canada as well. And I want people to know that I say this in a very sad way because America has been an amazing country, a very good country with good people. And it's so sad to me to see what is going on there today, the insanity of people not knowing the difference between a boy and a girl. It's And the insanity of wanting to adopt a, a, a system like communism, socialism, which we see anywhere it was in the world has not worked. It's it's taken away people's rights and freedoms, and this is what today's younger generation doesn't even know how to think critically is pining for and and even fighting for. It's it's just very very sad because America is such a good country. Well, it's it's, it's very important that you um, uh, uh, connected those two topics the the topic of socialism slash communism with the with the with the topic of. A, a deterioration in clear thinking and um, uh, the ability to uh, think rationally, because they are linked. The uh, uh, if we look back at what's called the Frankfurt School of School of Thought, which was which discussed how to promote communism throughout the world. One of their major principles was to destroy the ability for people to think rationally by destroying the education system. And we have seen that that is indeed the case, and we've seen that that is the way things have been going, at least for the last many decades in the United States and in Western Europe. So so your juxtaposition there was absolutely correct. Okay. And uh, we have like another minute and a half, so... All right, well, let's just complete this, this, this issue of what we began with of the of the um, what I titled the doomsday clock, but it really talks about aspects or, or, or dimensions of of chaos going on around the world today, and so we're seeing changes in the world currency markets. Um, um, we're seeing a I call it a gentle movement from U.S. dollar dependency, from the U.S. dollars being the world exclusive. Um, uh, uh, a world currency, and we're seeing that people are much more open today to uh, um, uh, uh, a mix of currencies. We're looking at um, uh, um, uh, metals are taking a much larger part in the mix of, of transactions today, uh, with many countries uh, looking at gold very, very critically. We've seen over the past several quarters uh, uh, a, a large quantity of, of gold purchases by central banks. The euro was the first supranational currency. It has not been a success. It is, it is still too early to render an absolute failure. But the question that we need to all be thinking about is, will we be seeing another supranational currency? Some people are talking about the BRICS making a currency, a supranational currency, maybe backed by metals or gold or some combination of commodities. We just don't have an answer. But these are the questions in the economic sphere that people are being, that people are thinking very hard about today. And I would not rule out things like Bitcoin in that mix as well. So I personally don't like Bitcoin. Don't try. Right. Okay, hang on there. We have to go to a break. We're going to be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. 
All right, we are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. And we're going to be talking now about Sweden and what's happening there with the horrendous uh, crime rate and, uh, and endemic. And we also have joining us a listener calling in from Sweden. It's Alan from Avesta. Uh, but first, let's go to Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. So uh, what, did you, what, did, what did you want to share with us about what's going on in Sweden? Well, it's hard to get precise data because I, I haven't actually found government-sponsored statistics to uh, describe what's going on there. So most of what I'm saying is gleaned from the, 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 the newspapers and popular literature. And so I might be inaccurate. So if I'm inaccurate, I apologize ahead of time. I, I usually try to be precise with data. Uh, and this time I've not succeeded. Perhaps all the, our, our guests can be help, helpful with that. Okay. But what we're seeing is that Sweden uh, uh, attempted two things at the same time. It attempted to um, uh, create a, um, uh, a socialist um, uh, economy while in parallel um, allowed a very large portion of their population to um, um, be um, uh, immigrants from developing countries, um, my guess is that most of them are probably of the Muslim faith, um, which means that they, they probably, those immigrants probably don't particularly like the country that they've immigrated to. And the result of this seems to be that we're seeing there uh, a very large incidence of crimes, particularly sex crimes like rape and etc., and other types of crime as well. And um, uh, Alan will perhaps um, uh, enlighten, us as, enlighten us as to the, the actual facts before, instead of me trying to fumble what I, what okay. I don't so know let's, well enough. So let's go to, to Alan from Avesta in Sweden. Shalom, welcome to the show. Yeah, shalom, everybody, and thanks for being here. Um, yes, uh, I'm 61 years old, and uh, I've grown up in, here in Sweden. And uh, uh, in my youth, we have the what we call the housewife system. Uh, the mother was home taking care of the children. And uh, that was a lot of spread around. Uh, so, but my mother had to work because uh, I have no father. Uh, of course I have, but he was not around. So I grew up and become a little uh, wild boy. But there were ho- was housewives around. My friend's uh, mother was home taking care of the house and make the food and uh, take care of the children. And I feel very much um, comfort of this and love. And uh, also, if I did something wrong, they told me. Uh, this system was uh, um, valid from 1927 very much until 1966. 1966, they took in the they put uh, the special people that should force out housewives to to work. And um, in the 1970s, they really changed the whole attitude. So so the mother was uh, working full time and the children was uh, was uh, taking care of themselves <laughs> and that's the, the 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 violence begin then and then 
the Sweden is the leading maybe in this, uh, we compete with maybe United States or other countries to have a woman to work. And this is, I see it so clearly. Today, we have three grown-up children, and when they grow up, it's uh, kind of so many crazy things happens around when the woman is not home. Uh, if the woman is home, uh, even if she is sick and uh, and and uh, and uh, the their the, the, the children get contact, they, they get calmer. And uh, because of this, I get a good, a pretty good life when I grow up with these housewives around. And uh, my wife is a housewife also, and we have seen this so clearly. We live in a, in a in an apartment house with many people around. So we have seen this so clearly here in Sweden. And now they have a big problem in Sweden with the crime in the big towns. They, 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 know, they don't know how to, to stop it because they're shooting each other. Last, last week, and the two, one 15-year-old boy shoot another 15-year-old boy. Uh, they, 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 it become gangs in the big towns, uh, and they, they get enemies, and they, uh, yeah, they kill each other. So I think uh, I hear what you're very, saying, very Alan. I want to, I want to invite you to, if you like. I know it's a long distance call for you, and if you want, you can hang up and listen to our answer, or you can stay on the line with us, and and we'll answer you. And yeah, you, you yeah, can I, jump I, in. I, I, I wait. I'm okay. ready to wait. So, so, I, so I, can talk. Mordechai, if you don't mind, I want to just jump in first, and then I want to hear what you have to say. But this just, you know, to me, reeks of the idea of communism, where the state wants to raise your children. They, the family is a threat, family life, and so they want to get both parents out of the house working for the for the traditional way was women stayed home i'm not going to say right or wrong that's everyone's decision sometimes the men want to stay home the women want to go to work whatever works for you but the thing is is that usually the mother was at home and you had a family structure and as you said even though you didn't have a father around you had other housewives around and and people cared about other people's children and they would reprimand them when needed keep an eye on them when needed etc and so you had the support system, but with the socialist, uh, communist type of um, ideology, you want to remove, uh, reduce family. You want to remove the parents from the home. You want to take over the kids and mold them. And uh, and when there are not two parents or one, at least one parent with the kids, you're going to see behavioral problems later, most likely. You're going to see a lot of these uh, juvenile delinquents when there's not a father in the house, etc. And uh, and so. And just to comment on what Mordechai was saying about the the um, influx of is Islamists into Western Europe that do not share the same value system, culture, language, religion, etc., you're going to see a natural power uh, struggle there, and they're going to want to take over. and And they come from places that are extremely violent, unfortunately, and they use force and they put their foot down. And the the Europeans are also, I mean, they've done a lot of bloody wars, but they, they, they also have this thing of, you know, the political correctness today and, and, and let's be accepting and it's not popular to 
defend your own culture, especially when they themselves in Europe have given up their own culture with, with their religion, they're, they're secular today, they're very globalist today with the European Union, etc. So you see this natural falling apart. All right, I'm going to hand it over to Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem and Alan, feel free anytime you want to jump in. Okay, I'll mm-hmm. yes. start off with two comments, first of all. First of all, part of my youth I spent on a kibbutz where there weren't normal families where the children lived apart from their from their parents. But again, just as Alan described to us, there was a very strong issue of the community as a whole being responsible for the children. So clearly the issue of... Th- there is a possibility of a non-nuclear family raising children successfully. It's hard. It's not trivial. It's not trivial. It's a very hard thing to do. But it can happen if the entire society works to do that. So that's my first comment. Uh, I, I prefer the I, my personal personal preferences, of course, the traditional family. Uh, I don't think the way the kibbutz, the kibbutz did it was desirable. But it is possible for children to be raised well, and 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 I can strongly appreciate what Alan was describing to us. The second comment that I'd make on this is that um, the fact that people come to a country as immigrants from a different culture, that by itself is not sufficient to create these problems. What creates these problems is when they come to a different country and they remain as their own closed communities and attempt to force their culture and rules on the country that's hosting them. So we can see, for instance, in many um, uh, Muslim countries, very uh, 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 nice societies, societies that raise their children well and where the children are great people and, and we'll talk about this later I have uh, one, of the, one of the subjects is what I called uh, uh, the real Arabs and, and we see many uh, uh, several Arab countries where this is very successful but when you're importing a culture you need to import it very very thoughtfully and carefully and not just with as nice as nice as open arms sounds, that doesn't work by itself. You need to understand what you're doing. You need to understand the ramification of your actions. In other words, to think to say it very bluntly, you need to think ahead. You need to actually think about what you're doing. All right, uh, we're just about to go to a break. Alan, did you want to comment on anything that we said? Y- yes, I can comment. Uh, my wife said, uh, we, we talk very much about this subject for many years, and uh, she said, uh, I'd like to take two, two things, this first. Um, in the old times, even the bad, bad people was good. <laughs> I like that. Understand? <laughs> today, I, I said, today even the, the good, good people are bad. <laughs> this well is the, the way in Sweden, because of much because of the housewife system uh, was uh, destroyed in, from 1966 and forward. In the 1980, most everybody was working. And uh, out of that, I'd like to read, can I read one Bible verse here? Because this, I try to 
give to people and by that you don't take it in. But it's in Mika, uh, chapter 2, 9 to 11. That's Mika in the Hebrew, woman go ahead. Of my people, The woman of my people have you cast out from their pleasant homes. From their children have you taken away my glory forever. Arise you and depart, for this is not your rest, because it, it is unclean. It shall destroy you with a total destruction. If a man walking in spirit and falsehood do lie, saying, I will prophesy unto you of wine and of strong drink. He shall even be the prophet of these people. Without housewives, they give the people alcohol to to get uh, feel good in Sweden. And um, when you take away the housewife system, the, the I could say very many things about Sweden. I don't like to. Still, we have some good things here. Yes, of course. But this subject make. Maybe every country go down. And Sweden is, is spreading this uh, message to all the world. You, 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 the woman should. They, they talk about equality, and the, you, you, my wife, she is a proud housewife. I can tell you. All right. Well, the music is on. We got to go to a break. Alan, I want to yes. thank you very much for calling into the yep. show. Yeah. We thank love you very, very much for being, being. Yeah. Shalom. I, I, I strongly salute what you said, Alan. Very well done. Yeah, thank you. All right, we're going to be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. We are back at the Tamariana Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And we just spoke with a listener that called in from Sweden. By the way, if you want to call in and join us on the air, you can do so. We are live if you're listening on Sunday afternoon Israel time between 4 to 5 p.m. Holy time. And if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern time, that means that we are live this Sunday morning. If you're hearing the show at any other time, it is a replay and you cannot call in. We won't be here to take your call. Uh, I did want to mention to our listener also one of the things he was talking about of the mother not being home is that the the allure of women leaving the home to go out and work and put her kids in childcare or have them latchkey children, etc. Much of it was the influence of the left that they put in trying to say that you're a liberated woman you know and you you can go out and get a job and you know like anybody else too now there were there were women that worked also some women worked for their home someone some women worked out in the fields and some of them were trailblazers because things weren't open to women uh, a lot of, a lot of things but this really has to be something there really needs to in my opinion, to be a parent at home and not to throw your kids to the state or to a daycare center to raise. That's just my opinion. You can agree, you can disagree. But I, 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 uh, I think a lot of this allure was trying to make women feel that you're liberated if you leave your children and go out to work. I'll so just let me leave make a comment on that. Um, uh, uh, when I was at the university, we had a, a, um, uh, um, the, the chairwoman of our department Industrial engineering was a lady by the name of Bracha, who, if I remember correctly, had seven children. She was very religious. And what she did was she did her, I think, her bachelor's and master's when she was young, took a break, 
raised her family, and then when they were older, I think the youngest was then in, 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 in high school, she went back to university, did her doctorate. She is brilliant. She's, she has a, a phenomenal number of publications, highly respected scientific publications. She's a, a first-rate, well-known, internationally well-known scientist, and she has a very large family. And, and that is absolutely a, commendable. Have to compromise to say, I'm liberated, therefore, whatever. She could do both, and she did both very successfully. And, and I, I work also, but I, I didn't put my kids into daycare. If I had to go to work, then we arranged that. My husband was home. during. I, I worked in the afternoon and evening, basically, so, I, so my kids were never left with... Uh, whatever. And I was very lucky because some women can't do that. Someone, some women have to go to work. And I commend all women. I'm just saying here as a generality that a lot of this was sold as you're not liberated if you're staying at home. Just like I re- reminds me of well, me just, Clinton, uh, Hillary Clinton's t- uh, thing about how she doesn't just stay home and bake cookies. Like there's something wrong with that. Okay. But whatever. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I, I think you should mention how many children you have. I have, uh, I'm blessed with five children. Okay. So, and I don't think I've, I've ever known anybody less, uh, 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 less liberated. I mean, I, I would certainly consider you one of the more liberated women that I've ever known in my life. I mean, you're, you're certainly progressive. <laughs> you're certainly. Uh, I have all the power to the women. You know how to think. All the power to the women. I'm just saying that if you're going to have children, though, in this young age of growing, of raising them, I believe it's very important to have a parent at home with them. That's just my opinion. You can agree. I, I you can disagree. agree, but I don't okay. think that that's, there's any confusion there. I, I, I'm saying for some listeners might be confused. That's all. Okay. Well, okay. let's go. That, that, let's that, move that, on. That, that, that clearly segues into the topic that we, that we intended to speak about, which was fertility. And, and why I believe that Israel will um, um, uh, surpass and outlive, indeed, all of Europe. I think Europe is a dying continent, and if people don't like what I'm saying, well, tough. <laughs> well, let me let, let me give a little bit of uh, a little bit of numbers to begin with here, so we understand the, what the topic is. In 2020, which three years ago, Orthodox Israeli women had an average of 6.64 children. Traditional women had an average of 3.9 children. Generally speaking, for Israeli women, the fertility rate was at that time 3.17 children per woman okay let's look a, just for a moment what that means the uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, security minister uh, Itamar Ben-Gvir has nine children finance minister Smotrich has uh, uh, has seven uh, I can go on and on uh, uh, labor leader Michaeli has one child Netanyahu's 64 coalition coalition members have a total of 313 children. That means an average of, of 4.9. The 56 members of the opposition have 170. That's an average of 3.0. Okay? In contrast, the 24 members of the Eshatid, Yair Lapid's party, have a total of 59 children, an average of 2.45. So the worst in Israeli society, worst in double quotation marks, I'm not saying that 2.2 and a half children per, per, per woman is, is anything wrong with that, uh, uh, heaven forbid, 
I mean, that, that, that's lovely. It's just well below the, the Israeli average. Okay? So the worst of Israeli society, quote unquote, compared with the majority of EU parliamentarians who have, a, who have an average of zero children per woman. And if you actually look across Europe today, the vast majority of European leadership have no investment in the future. Now, they have no children. Now, a leader that has no children, there's something seriously wrong with the way he looks at his society, he or she. So, I, I believe, sorry? I, I believe that Europe is uh, starting to realize that. That there's a that they're not going to survive if they don't have kids, and I and I just heard because I have uh, one of my kids often goes to Hungary for they have uh, some business there that they do, and they're now, if I understood correctly, are giving people three years salary, if I'm not mistaken, to have children, that they can have a kid and stay home and raise the kid, and they get three years salary for it. They're trying to yes, encourage people. Yes, unfortunately, there's a problem with your statement. You're at, okay. you're, you're certainly factually accurate. But that is very specific to Hungary and not to European society. Yes, so I said Hungary. Okay. And not right. only that, it's even worse than that because the European Union actually berates Hungary for doing that. Huh. All right. <laughs> so, that, so, 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 so they're digging yes, their own graves. The majority of European countries, even those that are Catholic like Poland and Ireland, have children have fertility which is well below replacement. Germany last year lost five hundred thousand people in terms of population. In other words, five hundred thousand more died than were born. Hmm. These are societies, all of European societies, every one of them, except for the Eastern Europeans, that is to say, basically Hungary and Russia, are all in a state of um, uh, societal suicide. Every single one of them. All right. Well, you know, people dig their own graves. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. All right. So Israel today is the only industrial society in the world, on the planet, that has positive fertility. Israel's the only country that has positive fertility? The only industrialized country, yes. Oh, industrial. Okay, because I'm thinking of the... Arab yes, countries, countries, India, has, also in Chad Asia. Chad has a higher fertility rate than Israel does. But there aren't many, many. Even most of the Muslim countries, their fertility rate has plummeted. Yes. In, in, in Iran, for instance, it went from seven children per woman under the Shah to 1.5 today, which Be is well below replacement. And as you say all the time, it's because they, do, they see a bleak future ahead, so they're not having children. Exactly. All right. Societies that love to love the way they live, procreate. All right. So talking about the Arabs uh, recently, you wanted to talk about real Arabs versus the invented people. Okay. The invented people, clearly, I'm talking about the, the, the so-called Palestinians who actually don't exist by their, <clears throat> even by their own leaderships, who have long said that there really isn't a Palestinian people. And we can see that in the writings of many of the of of the people that uh, that 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 have led these uh, these groups, um, people need to understand what it is we're talking about. When we're talking about Palestinian society. 
So the, 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 the Palestinians from Gaza will not intermarry with Palestinians from Hebron or from Jenin. Those from Jenin will not intermarry with, with people from Tulkarum or, or Hebron. They don't speak the same dialect. And they refuse to have anything to do with one another. So this is an invented people. On the other hand, when we look at Arab societies that are healthy societies, and if people want to disagree with me well, how I define a healthy society, feel free to disagree. I don't have a problem with that. I'm defining a healthy society, societies that want to remain alive, want to live in peace with their neighbors, want to live in peace with themselves. And I, I, I was very much touched this past weekend, uh, the, the weekend before last, when we had that horrible uh, massacre in Jerusalem at a synagogue, and that immediately afterwards there was a horrible massacre in Pakistan, in Peshawar, and the both the UAE and the Saudis, their ministry of Far- the ministries of foreign affairs came out with very powerful statements that I was not only impressed with, that I was actually very touched with. Both of them not only uh, 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 derided terribly the, these 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 horrible uh, uh, barbaric acts of murdering innocent people for no reason. Um, whether it's Muslims murdering Jews or Muslims murdering Muslims, they both said, basically, I'm, I'm quoting from the Saudi um, um, ambassador to the United Nations, a gentleman by the name of, sorry, I'm probably mispronouncing his name, I apologize, Manzlawi, Manzlawi. Uh, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it. Um, his, his, his quote was, uh, 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 I found very touching. And I'm quoting, the refusal to target places of worship, intimidate the safe, and shed the blood of the innocent. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, different beliefs, cultures, and ways of thinking are a quote, a quote within a quote, a divine destiny that God has decreed. And I found that to be a lovely way of expressing it, and a very powerful way of expressing it. And he also stressed the importance of dealing with 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 people with with other religions with other again as he called it different beliefs cultures and ways of thinking to deal with them with reason and wisdom in order to spread a culture of tolerance and peace among different nations and peoples well maybe there's hope for humanity i think i think we're seeing a tremendous renaissance right now among many Arab countries, many Muslim countries, well, uh, we're seeing it in, in the UAE, we're seeing it even in Sudan, which used to be very extreme, we're seeing it in Saudi Arabia, we're seeing it in Indonesia, we're even seeing it in some groups among, among in, Palestine, in Pakistan, and I think these are amazing, and certainly things that people should pay attention to, they're not just optimism i think they're beyond optimism to things that people really need to be aware of and cognizant of and and to look at these not just look at i'm sorry if i many times spread um messages of of coming disasters but here's something that's very optimistic and i think is just um something to be basically proud of 
we're seeing human beings acting well, acting like we would really hope them to act. Yes, amen, amen. As we say, can your boot should multiply. Yes, absolutely correct. And we're seeing it in, in, in places that, well, 10 years ago, we would not have expected it. And, it, and it's something that I'm, I'm proud of these people. These are people that are, these are people that are making an effort to be really good people. And that's something that humanity can be proud of. Amen. All right. We did not talk yet about NATO fighting versus budgets. Okay. Uh, uh, let me preface this, the, the, the subject um, with a, 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 bo- a, a, a basic statement. The U.S., uh, of course, is the largest standing force and the largest budget. We, we, the U.S. budget for, for um, uh, basic defense, uh, the defense department, is um, well over $800 billion per year. The UK is the second largest uh, uh, defense in the defense budget in NATO. Um, while Turkey is the second largest force in NATO. Now, we're not talking about just NATO here. We're talking about the West in general. Um, and clearly, this is all very relevant today when we look at what's happening in Ukraine. When the, um, uh, uh, the Ukrainians are basically being totally decimated by the stupidity of the West. Um, and I think within this, we need to look at two, I don't want to call them anecdotes. These are not things that are in any way humorous, but two uh, um, incidents that I think are extremely important to be to, to noted. And that's the Chinese spy balloons. And uh, contrary to what most people understand, uh, this balloon that went over the United States recently shot down yesterday um is not the only balloon it was it was the at least the fourth balloon that went above, uh, 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 across the united states the united states public was not were not informed by the state by the um, uh, defense department and um uh, um uh, the second subject that we need to be aware of is the the sending of of tanks to ukraine and let me just give some facts that people aren't being made aware of that people need to be need to understand. So first of all, as I said, the, the this balloon was not a, a singular um, uh, occurrence. It was at least the fourth that the Defense Department has admitted to. We do not know if that is the actual number because they've been lying to us all along. Um, the United States shot it down after it had traversed all the United States. Remember. This balloon began its trip from China, went along the Aleutian, the, the island chain of the Aleutian Islands, across southern Alaska, down British Columbia and Yukon, crossed into the United States, hovered for a time above a, a, a very uh, important missile base in Montana, zagged southward. To, towards uh, Kansas City, zigged again eastwards, <coughs> and then finally was shot down after it had crossed into the sea. The excuse given by the de- Defense Department that they were, they were concerned about shooting it down above um, a populated areas is ridiculous. It's nonsense. Remember, um, 
these balloons are not a, a new invention. Uh, um, Israel uses uses balloons like this extensively. We have balloons like this floating around all of our borders, so we know what balloons do and how they work. Um, these balloons, this this Chinese balloon or these Chinese balloons, were not simply driven by the wind. They were obviously controlled. I mean, you don't zigzag by the wind. The wind doesn't zigzag. The wind has a prevailing direction. So obviously they were controlled. Obviously they was, these were spy balloons, not weather balloons. And equally, equally obviously the American Department of Defense was totally incompetent or in cahoots with what was happening. We don't know what was really happening here. Yeah. And it's, you know, um, it's not so far-fetched anymore to think that maybe they were in cahoots as painful, as painful. Well, the as Biden family has been paid by China many, many, many times yeah. with many millions, tens of millions of dollars. So we don't know really what the Biden know. family is know. doing right. or, or thinking if they are thinking at all. Right. That's why I'm saying uh, it's not so far-fetched to, to think yes. that's a, as a possibility. It's very sad. Okay. Yes, it is. Well, let's go over to the tanks now. Uh, uh, last week, the United States and several European countries announced that they were sending tanks to the Ukraine. Um, the best that can be said about this is that it is utter stupidity. I mean, that is the best thing that can be said about it. And I can say things that are much nastier than that. It is utter stupidity. First of all, sending 50 or 100 tanks against what is estimated right now to be between 2,500 and 3,000 Russian tanks is at best irrelevant. You're talking about a 1,500 kilometer front and 50 tanks is a company which controls 100 meters of a front. And so, so at best, these are floating coffins. They're just, they're, they're, there's no reason for sending them. Now, the United States announced that they were going to send 31 Abrams M1 tanks, but they couldn't send them from stock because they had to manufacture them. This is a very strange thing to say. Well, it turns out that the United States didn't want to send the most advanced tanks. They wanted to send a 1970s model of the M1 tank, which is really an amazing statement because it you have to remember that the most advanced American tank dates from 1970, 50 years ago. Well, okay, so why didn't they want to send the latest version? And again, this is something that nobody in America is going to tell you, I guarantee you. Well, they didn't want to send it because... The, 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 the excuse given by uh, uh, several analysts was that the United States didn't want to um, chance that their latest armor would fall into the hands of the Russians. What is the latest armor on an American tank? The latest armor on an American tank is something which we call Me'iluach. It's an Israeli system that for once the Americans didn't steal. They actually purchased it, they actually paid for it, and they actually, probably for the first time in history, the American Department of Defense actually kept their word. And they kept to a contract that they signed with Israel 
and they refuse to disseminate this to our adversaries, probably for the first time in history. So they had to manufacture tanks that did not have our armor on the tanks. And that's why they need to send tanks that are 50 years old. Hmm. New in terms of uh, uh, manufacturing, but 50 years old in terms of technology. <coughs> now that, says, that says a great deal about military technology in the United States. For instance, people aren't aware that the most advanced fighter aircraft of the United States, the F-35, technologically is 35 years old. That's when, they, that's when they began to design it, and there haven't been any updates in the technology since they began the process of design. Same thing with the tanks, same thing with the fighter planes. Um, American defense technologies, despite the phenomenal costs of American defense, is not advanced. And that's something that people just aren't aware of. Many countries around the world today don't really want the latest American technologies because they're not latest technologies. They're old. So in many cases across Europe, if the United States government has not forced them to purchase American systems, they have bought alternatives. We've talked about this in the past. The Germans are trying to buy a missile defense system from Israel. Um, uh, uh, the French and the Norwegians are purchasing arms from South Korea, and etc. and etc. Um, most countries just don't want the American products anymore. They're not they're not advanced, and they can't really. I mean, if if the Russians in the in the Ukraine are already um, um, uh, uh, deploying. They're S-400, S-500, and S-550 aerial defense systems. The United States has no answer to that. The Patriot missile system has never, never shot down an enemy aircraft in an actual battle scene. It shot down 150 enemy aircraft, enemy, uh, sorry, um, adversarial um, uh, aircraft in test conditions. But the Saudis paid billions of dollars for the Patriot system, and when their air, uh, um, uh, their oil fields were attacked, not a single enemy drone was shot down by the Patriot missile systems. Not one. Compare that with the Israel's Iron Dome, which has shot down thousands of enemy rockets in actual battlefield conditions. But isn't the Iron Dome also have something to do with the United States? Isn't it a, a joint project in some way, the Iron Dome? No. Uh, no? Well, yes, yes and no. Uh, Iron Dome was uh, 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 the manufacturing of it as a joint product, as a joint process of the United States and Israel. Development was purely Israeli. I see. In other words, if, if you Use a, a the missiles, the rocket part of it is called a Tamir missile. If it's manufactured here, it the the the, the rocket costs the, uh, uh, the the defense department here fifty thousand dollars. If it's manufactured by Raytheon, it costs one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars. Why? Because they can. 
basically the um, 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 the American military industrial com- complex basically are not really quite so honest. And they charge prices which have nothing to do with reality. Now, one system that was jointly developed between the United States and Israel was the David's Sling, where that was actually a, a, a joint project in many respects. Some of the actual development was done by Raytheon. But the Iron Dome was totally developed here. Okay, so let, let's get back for a moment, if we can, to Ukraine. So you're saying that the Ukraine was given tanks that it will not be able to use immediately and that they are inferior to other tanks that are made by other countries. That's what you're saying so far, correct? Uh, uh, except for one thing, they were not yet given them. They were promised. Uh, the promise is that they will have them within something on the order between six and eight months. And that's if they survive that long. Exactly. I personally do not believe that Ukraine has eight months to survive. Hmm. Wow. Do you think that Russia will kill the citizens, or do you think that they'll just absorb them into their own? Citizens? I think that's an excellent question. I think what ha- what happened was in the beginning, Russia went in with a a very minor force, considering it to be mostly a a police action, basically. Um, a, a major police action, but a police action, the objective was to get people to the negotiating table. That failed. And now they're going in, they have. They now have over 700,000 Russian soldiers around the borders of Ukraine who are beginning to walk into Ukraine. There is no way tiny Ukraine can survive this. Let me give you numbers to, to understand this. Ukraine at the beginning of the war had 37.5 million people as population. It now has about 18 million. Most of those have fled. And when we, we discussed before uh, pre- in, in previous weeks how the um, uh, Ukrainian refugees are causing a collapse across Europe of the um, uh, national health care systems. And we're seeing this in country after country. Um, more than 10 million Ukrainians. Some say maybe as many as 15 million Ukrainians have fled westwards. Another million approximately have fled fled eastwards into Russia. So the present population of Ukraine is about 20 million. The population of Russia is a little bit over 147 million. There is no way that Ukraine can fight against a country many, many, many times its size. Now, at the same time, those ridiculous fools in, the, in Europe that are saying that Russia is threatening all of Europe are ridiculous because Russia has 147 million, while Europe has 750 million. So the idea that Russia can threaten all of Western Europe is simply nonsense. But it can threaten all of Ukraine. And that is what's going on today. I do not believe, it's a personal belief of mine, that Russia really desires to govern the Ukrainians. They do desire to govern the Russians that formerly were citizens of Ukraine and were being genocided by the Ukrainians. People aren't aware, but basically from 2008 through 2022, 18,000 
ethnic Russians were killed by Ukrainian, by Ukraine, in within Ukraine. Under what, under what reason did they just? Well, because that? the Ukrainians—that's what they do. They kill. But they still just have like they to killed, have. It's a... like the Rus- the Ukrainians killed fifty thousand Jews after World War Two. Right. So they, there we know that J- Jewish blood was cheap. There, six million of us had been killed, and they wanted to finish us off. And they they are anti Semites. But what did they use for? What kind of excuse did they use for killing the Russians? Well, they claimed that they were disloyal to Ukraine. Disloyal. Okay. Okay. Loyalty. If, if they were not true, if that was, if that was, if whether that was true or not true when they began indiscriminate shelling of them, it was certainly true after. 18,000 were murdered. Okay. The ethnic Russians were not, in the beginning, were not fighting, actively fighting against the Ukrainians. They began to fight simply to try to protect themselves. All righty. Now, it doesn't mean I'm, I'm justifying in any way what Putin has done in Ukraine. I'm, I'm pretty much agnostic about that. But I'm certainly saying that protecting your own people is something which is which is highly valuable, and I do not criticize Russia for, or, or, or the re- leaders of Russia for wanting to protect Russians. Well, I, I know that both of us have compassion for everybody, all the innocent people involved in the conflict. It's, it's very sad to see. Um, the problem okay. is to identify those that are innocent and those that are not, and that, that is a very big problem here in this case. All right. I, I don't have an answer to that. So how would you like to sum everything up? Well, um, uh, the mess across the world is, is intensifying, basically. I mean, if we look at everything that we've talked about, uh, the, the so-called doomsday clock through to the issue of Ukraine, of Ukraine and NATO, we're seeing that every organized something or other is becoming less organized. On the other hand, uh, uh, I think the, the, the reports that I gave about the what I call the real Arabs and as well, uh, uh, the report about Israeli fertility, I think these are highly optimistic. So I, I think the world is going towards um, increased entropy, increased chaos. But I think there are also um, uh, uh, islands of uh, optimism that I find thrilling. Hello? I'm, Hello? I'm, I'm saying in 10 seconds, can you give us an idea of what the optimism is again? Remind us. Okay, I, I talked about Israeli fertility, and, and I talked about the, um, the reactions of, um, of Saudi Arabia and, and, the, and the UAE uh, right. to, right. The, to the, the, the horrible massacres both in Jerusalem and in Peshawar, Pakistan. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I look at the way these things were stated, and again, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll Different beliefs, cultures, and ways of thinking. These are divine destiny that God has decreed. I completely agree with them. Yeah. And I, I want to add to that. I think a lot of people today, not enough yet, but a lot are waking up to what happened during this whole COVID, in my opinion, scamdemic, uh, in order to take our rights away, to control us, possibly to depopulate us as well. That's what a lot of people are saying. It's just so hard to believe, but, you know... Just because you don't believe something doesn't mean it's not happening. So anyway, thank you, everybody, for being with us. You've been listening to The Tamariano Show. And thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you also.
If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at israelnewstalkradio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 